Before we begin today's episode, we have our patrons over at Patreon. They are John Goals, Aperba, Nate Hansen, Rock the Green, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Kelby Goodman, Greg Wallen, Zach Duran, Daniel, and Cara Lighting. Thank you guys so much for supporting our podcast. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin. History, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. This is your weekly dose of the Dairy State, and we are your hosts as always. My name is Eric. And I'm Russ. And today we will be discussing a historical place here in the state, uh, and it is the Dousman Hotel. That's right. You may recognize the town too, Dousman. Yeah. But actually this isn't in Dousman. So <laughs> we'll get into it in a little exactly, bit. Here. Yeah, we'll so. we'll uh, we'll settle that confusion here in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, we also have great Wisconsin music from uh, a really cool artist uh, who unfortunately uh, recently passed away, uh, Keith Pulvermacher, and um, uh, you know it, just great singer songwriter yeah, stuff. Milwaukee, like Midwestern country. I, yeah, I like it. It's got a, it's got a great feel to it, and honestly, super expertly recorded. Oh yeah. It is polished, man. It is good. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, feature that here in a little while. Uh, we have another brew review for you because why wouldn't we? Uh, we also have the infamous "How many locos you ah, Wow, yeah, baby, um, you know how that goes. So we'll jump back into that a little bit later on in the show and give you some. Uh, give you a really cool article uh, about a guy uh, or gal who's very unfortunate and. Uh, uh, that'll be some, you know, craziness for later. And, uh, hey, if you get a chance, please visit our website, wisconsindrunkenhistory.com. Uh, you can reach out to us through that website. Uh, yeah, we answer pretty much every email we can. Yeah, so. yeah, and honestly, we, we love we hearing from you. appreciate it, too. If you've got any suggestions for future topics, any artists you'd like to hear featured, beers that you enjoyed, any of that stuff, we would love to hear it, and uh, we really appreciate suggestions uh, as well, so that way we do just a little less uh, work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, also, there's some pretty sick gear on there. Uh, as we mentioned before, uh, we're working with uh, Hanson Screen Printing, Nate Hanson and Elkhorn, uh, with some limited time gear. We've already had some purchases on that. Great stuff. And uh, also the uh, the uh, Patreon. If you want to become a sponsor of this show, uh, an actual contributor. Uh, of uh, funds to help uh, make sure that this thing doesn't just completely vanish uh, into thin air and into dust. Um, not that it will. We'll keep it going for a while. Yeah. I don't think we want anywhere anytime soon. So. No, no, no. Probably not. Deal with not. us for a few years yet. Yeah. But. You'll like it. Oh, yeah. You're forced <laughs> to listen to us. Um, but awesome, cool stuff on there. Obviously, all the links to all that junk is right there on WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Um, let's go ahead and jump right in. I know that you know a little bit more about this. I don't really know much about this. Yeah, the Dousman Hotel. So this is going to be new for me. Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of just one of the historical spots you kind of have to check out in Wisconsin. And um, it's it's kind of located like right on the Mississippi River um, in Prairie du Chien, not Dousman, like we said. Prairie du Chien, okay. <laughs> yeah. So in 1857, four years after its organization, the first of the Milwaukee and Mississippi Railroad Company arrived in Prairie du Chien. And since the business center of the village was in Lower Town, the company constructed its station and elevator in Lower Town between Front Street and Mississippi River. And uh, f- have you been to Prairie du Chien? I have. I've been through it. I don't know. That, You've actually I don't never know if I spent in. a whole lot okay. of time there. Yeah. Okay. So the, the railway buildings were moved to the old village, while the grain ele- the grain elevators being built first, followed by the freight house, platforms and facilities, and ferry and steamboat landings. And it kind of became a, a, a stop during this time because of the train. Was moving through there. So I was just going to say, starting to so, build up, and it's right on the Mississippi there too. Right, so. these companies or these towns necessarily right off of like the near near some sort of body of water or on like a main railway, 
they became a little bit you know larger or more prominent because of their situation uh, to rails or water. And and when you got to stop, what do you got to what do you got to make here, right? Like, how yeah. are you going to house Poop? these people? You're not gonna, yeah, oh. They're gonna make poop too. I thought, was, I thought you were asking you gotta, why. You gotta get the sewage built up. Stop, you gotta know? get the sewage built up. You just can't go right in the mist. Normally, then. when I'm driving, uh, one of the main reasons I stop is either gas or I've got to make a brown. Yeah, I mean, Quick Trip is. I I'll wait miles because the Quick Trip bathrooms are the only. Cool I also ones. love Love's gas station now too. Is I've, Love's I've decent? kind of, I've kind of uh, uh, opened up and expanded my horizons here. I don't. I do love like the the snacks better at Quick Trip. But Love's Gas Station's got some is good stuff. Is it clean and good bathrooms and stuff too? Clean and great bathrooms. Good. Now, the thing is, because it's a truck stop, much like, you know, this, this you know, Dousman, like you're saying, the, the fact that this place is kind of situated off a rail, this is like the old school version of like a quick trip, if you will. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's a stop. It is. Yeah. So you got to have sewage in there because there's going to be a lot of passengers taking dookies. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so they're going to need to poop. Yeah, exactly. The poop poop is key here. Yeah. So. <laughs> but no, um, it was actually founded by uh, Hercules L. Dousman. And what a great name. Tough ass shit right there. My name is Hercules, bro. Holy yeah. shit. And he was the director of the railway. And he acquired a piece of land not too far from the elevator and landing and donated it to the railway company. On part of the land he donated, he... The railway company built a passenger station. By this time, the railway company had already begun laying tracks in Iowa for the McGregor Western Railroad. McGregor. McGregor, baby. Oh, yeah. The officers knew the passengers would need a place to stay during their layover in Prairie du Chien. So they decided to build a hotel next to the passenger station on the rest of the land donated by Dowson. Pretty obvious. A good money maker. Yeah. You're going to need some layover. And I was going to say, I guess I missed a, a, a key a key fact here. Yes. Uh, it was a, you said there was a grain elevator there. Yes, so there's, yep, exactly. Okay. So now, you know, just to kind of walk myself through it, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to sort of think out loud here. You've got a large grain elevator that's processing a lot of, you know, the, 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 you know, wheat and, and, and all this corn. stuff, corn. And what's happening is that, that product needs to then make its way other places. Exactly. Yes. Which is why this rail is so heavily, uh, uh, perfectly situated. Uh, and also moved into the city as well, to Milwaukee. Right. It goes from Prairie du Chien to Milwaukee. Exactly. And eventually it's going to connect to Iowa, so Iowa can drop their grain off, their grain can go to Milwaukee, yeah. can go to Chicago from Milwaukee. So this is a huge, this is a big yes. operation. Oh, yeah. And also, uh, the fact that they're about to, you know, lay brick for uh, this, this like, hotel or inn is, is massive. Yeah, and actually we're going to talk about this a little bit. So the construction on the hotel actually begins in the summer of 1864, and the hotel was approximately was appropriately named the Railway House when it opened to the public and was soon hailed as one of the most impressive hotels in the Midwest. Constructed of Milwaukee cream brick, obviously it's the railways mm, right there going mm. from Milwaukee to Prairie du Chien. You got to use the cream. Mm. Cream, baby. The Railway House was built three stories tall with a full basement and topped by a cupola. The hotel was impressive and gave its lodgers the fine view of the Mississippi River. Each one of its 51 rooms was individually heated by a stove and a unique system of indoor toilets serviced each floor. Toilets, hey, baby. We were I told just you talking the about shitting, man. The doo-doo. You gotta have the doo-doo makers. I would really like to have my own heated stove and my own poop dropper. You gotta have it. It's it's a necessity. I mean, when you're human, you make waste. This is the <laughs> this is the hard-hitting stuff that you guys want. You asked for it. We're giving it to you. The, Here's the brown. You need to sleep, shit, eat. Got them all. Got to be hot. <laughs> Got to heat some stuff up. <laughs> yeah. And it was first managed by Colonel J.F. Williams, who gave the dining room a fine reputation for quality food and wine. That was my nickname in high school, Colonel J.F. Williams. Was it? You were CJF? No, no, it, was, it wasn't, but uh, that was cool, right? Charles F. Hofschmidt followed Williams as a manager, and under his management around 1884, the hotel was renamed the Dousman House. Old Charlie maintained to hotel's fine reputation. So that's the nickname is Old Chuck. Yeah. Old Charlie there. And and so Old Charlie is uh, is Charles F. Uh, Hofschmidt, and he is the one who's, like, maintaining this place? Yes. Nice. Yeah. So They call him Old Charlie, dude. Old Chuck, dude. Yeah. been there, so. Hey, my toilet's clogged. Where's Old Chuck? Old Charlie, you took a big yeah. bam. Get up here. <laughs> I tried to flush a brick down, buddy. Get up here. I made a cream brick in the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Come up here and help me out. <laughs> and always present in the dining room was Hauschmidt, oversaw the preparation and serving of quail, pheasant, frog legs, venison, partridge, Baltimore oysters, and tender sausage Holy made in house. I know, that is a fancy lineup. Jesus Can we Christ. talk about the menu here real quick? This is like fancier than anything I've ever eaten. Have you ever had quail? 
No. No, I haven't either. Have you ever had pheasant? I have had pheasant, actually, because in Janesville, I yeah. went to the pheasant market there a couple times. Have you ever had frog legs? No. Either have I. I've had venison. So never yeah, had so partridge. Venison, have you, you never had partridge. Another bird. I've right? had oysters, but not Baltimore oysters. I don't know what Baltimore oysters are, they're, but I've had oysters. They're probably fancier. Now, do you like raw oysters, or are you more of a baked oyster guy? I'm, I like the raw oyster in oil. I'm more baked. You like the baked? Yeah. I like the raw oysters, or the smoked oysters are good, too. Yeah. If you like a smoked ones, they're I've, pretty I've tried. I've tried, uh, you know, the oysters on the half shell. You do a little Tabasco. You yeah, just yeah. sloop it Have in Have you ever like done them out of the can, like the smoked oiled ones? No. Those are pretty good, too. I no. like those. Just the, I've had the boogery kind that are raw in the half shell, mm-hmm. and then I've, I've had, had the, the baked the ones where you slurp, slurp, yeah. slurp. Now, uh, tender sausage made in-house. Let's talk about that for a second. Making sausage is, number one, not easy. No. Um, because of one major thing, the texture. Uh, sausage has to be perfectly ground with the right consistency, meat and fat, uh, in, in order for it not to be, like, granular. Uh, it has to be done perfect otherwise you're gonna get a weird nasty consistency inside that casing and the fact that they're mentioning this in this article written about you know this this dowsman house means that they probably had some pretty awesome sausage you you don't you don't mention your sausage unless it's a good sausage oh for sure you don't go around boasting about your sausage (laughs) unless it's a nice hog (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you get the boss hog, you can. Do you talk get about what it. I'm doing? Here. Oh yeah, I get yeah. it. I mean, you if don't go showboating. Yeah, dude. your your piece. Some of us are growers and showers. You know, yeah. we're not all the Dirk Diggler. We pull it out. And it's a big hand. Yeah, we're not all fucking. Some of us are shriveled up until we get riff risky. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I love this. I love that. Uh, you know, the, the same guy that's that's clog, unclogging your toilet is also overseeing the uh, the fine preparation of the he's meals. Doing, he's doing everything here. Yeah. He's really getting his hands dirty. He's the boss hog. And I hope he's cleaning his hands before he's serving me up some Baltimore oysters. Otherwise, I'm going to have diarrhea two ways. But here's the thing. I, I love the fact that, you know, you've got amazing clientele at this time because of the grain elevator and that railway that's there and they're situated somewhat near that body of water as well. So you've got a lot of incoming traffic, a lot of outgoing traffic. Uh, a lot of people are traveling by rail car too. And I and I have to imagine that this isn't just uh, a serviced rail car for uh, for grain and other things being no, shipped. It, there are probably cars that are... are there's uh, passenger cars Passenger well. cars. Yes, exactly. So you've got a lot of people coming in, and, and this uh, hotel, uh, this Dowsman house... Uh, Offering up some really good food options is now a, a really cool um, destination stop on this thing. Oh, yeah. And so before its restoration and once again being operational, many changes occurred in the early 20th centuries, causing the hotel to decline and forcing the closure of the Dowsman House. And after laying empty for quite a while, William Carroll purchased the hotel in 1937. Uh, Carroll had the building fitted for use as a packing plant and leased it to the Armour Packing Company in 1939. Nice. And one of the more famous yeah. p- people in the building was the Oscar Meyer Company. That's huge. Packing wieners in there, baby. Yeah, baby. <laughs> There's so many wieners there, man. They're just throwing dogs, fucking sausages, links. Honestly, just hot all. dogs, hot circus wieners. Seal, circus seal right into that, baby. <laughs> And the, and Oscar Mayer, they bought the building in 1946 and operated it as a slaughterhouse and packing plant until 1952. And it actually fell into a bit of disrepair and was kind of abandoned in the 1960s. And recently, after being renovated, it's now a place where you can actually go and host weddings, kind of corporate events. And probably a, it's a must-see building. I mean, right. it's just impressive to look at. And I think a lot of times the easiest thing to do with buildings that kind of fall into disrepair is to sort of gut them make them big halls or open, you know, uh, 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 open concept kind of things. Uh, so that way you have the old cream brick, you know, that that's now exposed. You can see it, uh, cool, like beam, uh, and, and structure oh. that's kind of industrial up in the, in the ceiling. It's very neat. Yeah. And it's, and it's, so, it's chic. It's now, you know, th- this is where people are, are at with their wedding venue choices. They want, you know, a, a, a cool place that's visually, uh, uh, stunning and and this is this is definitely one of those places that I could see being 
Uh, now, I've never seen the place. Uh, uh, you have not? No. Okay. Have, have, so the only reason that I, br- I bring this one up is because I was over in Wyalusing, kind of going hiking and stuff. Yeah. And I, I kind of saw this building. I'm like, oh, I got to learn more about this. It looks really old and historic. And that building looks like machine. it used to have wieners in it. it looks like it got packed hard. <laughs> so, but I ended up I ended up going and checking it out, and I like saw a sign. I'm like, oh, the Dowsman House. I got to look into this. Yeah. And yeah, sure enough, it's like one of the uh, historical registered places in Wisconsin. And I thought it would be a great place to talk about and... You know, maybe if you're getting hooked or hitched or, you know. Whatever they call it. You can get hooked up in there. You can do a hookup in there, too. No one's going to say anything. If you're getting hitched in there, good for you, buddy. You got the ball and chain now, but it's a great place to do it. Getting hitched is, uh, you know, that's a fun thing to do there. Uh, Getting hooked up. Yeah. Doing wild stuff with the bridesmaids. Hooking up or something is kind of, yeah. Don't be winking at bridesmaids, though. No. Don't be the grease ball of the wedding. I've been there. Yeah. I've, I've done it. Nobody's attending a let's just let's just go out and and say this once and for all. Nobody's going to a wedding thinking I'm going to get plowed tonight. Have you ever seen the movie Wedding Crashers? That's, That's what exactly, I'm saying. It's not like that really. No, it, it's a complete work of fiction. <laughs> it, it what really a is. what a a cool concept, I guess. But like the, at the end of the day, so, so can I ask though? Can you tell us? Uh, have you ever crashed a wedding? I have. All right, let's talk about this. Are you? <laughs> I have as well. Thank let's you. let's talk about your situation. Uh, so this was uh, 2011. Uh, I'm with uh, one of my really good friends from high school. You know, all, all throughout. I mean, we've been great friends for a long time. Uh, Shane Kayser. Uh, we're in Minnesota. We're attending a Packer or a, a Viking game. He's a huge Vikings fan. I'm just a fan of sports in general. Obviously my heart lies with the green Bay Packers and brewers and badgers and bucks. Uh, but I'm, I'm not, a am not opposed to going and, and seeing a good football game. Uh, I've, I've gone to uh, the football stadium in Tennessee to see the Titans play. I've gone and seen uh, the um, Cincinnati Bengals play. Uh, I, I just like going and seeing the live sports. It's always a great atmosphere. Um, so I'm, I'm with him in 2011 at this uh, uh, hotel in Minnesota. This was when they were still in the old stadium, the the Hubert Humphrey Dome. And uh, it was the, the the first night we pull in uh, is a Saturday. And we check into the hotel around like noon or something. Him and I are already half in the bag. Already finished like a 30 case of beer. Uh, and we're at the front desk and we just happened to see a, a table off to the side over by like the, uh, the, the, the entrances to like the conference center, or the, or like the, the big hall. And it's a table with people's names on them, like name tags, place cards. We're like, absolutely. This is happening tonight. We're going to go up to the hotel. We're going to continue to just get fucking drunk. And then we're going to come back down and we're, we're crashing this wedding. <laughs> so we get down there. Festivities are already in full swing. We just walk in like we know we own the place, man. Uh, the first thing we do, we get over to the keg. We get we get a beer. Now we look like we fit in. Or at least you would imagine we do. You think you do. I'm literally wearing a pair of plaid shorts, a t-shirt that says E-Town Softball Crew, and I'm, sh- I shit you not, I'm wearing a Wilson sweatband. <laughs> You were ready to party, dude. Ready yeah, to dude. sweat it out at the dance floor. Yeah. So go. we go over then. They had a professional photographer taking pictures of the guests. They wanted, you know, it's kind of like the, this was before <laughs> there was uh, um, photo booths. So this is a real person taking your picture in front of a backdrop. Him and I go get fucking professional pictures taken. Then we sign the, the guest thing. Of course, why wouldn't you? We don't know the people at all, uh, but we're going to sign it. He, we, we do the dollar dance with the bride. Um, oh God! She asks, "How do you know us?" He gives a different answer than I do. He said something about we're Uncle Ned's kids. I said, "I know Jenna," and I was like, "You know Jenna?" And she was like, "Oh, from like college." And I was like, "Yes, exactly. Well, we're yeah, we're friends with them." And um, so he catches the my friend Shane catches the the garter belt. Now he's got to dance with. Uh, you know the the bride or whatever. God. It's a it's a whole fucking shit show, um, but th- still to this day it is one of my fondest memories. We left the the wedding uh, reception with most of the 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 wedding party. Went down to the um, piano bar, the dueling piano bar that's in uh, Minneapolis. Had a great night. I next morning I'm completely hungover. 
and we still got to go to the the Vikings game that day. I mean, it was it was what nuts. a great night. Yeah, mine was not nearly as exciting, but we were. I was working at Grand Geneva, as you know, and yep. Me and one of the bellmen, I was bringing bags to one of the room, um, and I saw the sign, Stacy and Joe's wedding or something. Yeah. Open bar from this time to this time. I'm like, oh, man, I wonder if we could do it, you know? <laughs> so I go back. I, I deliver the bags to the room. I go back and talk to one of the bellmen. I don't want to ruin his career if he's still there, by the way. Sure. So we go back, uh, wrap up my shift. I'm like, all right, let's, let's go check this out. So we, I put on a nice shirt. I had some, like, decent slacks from work. So I nice. Went at least in, you dressed yeah, up. Yeah, at least we looked the part. We go in there. We just like someone comes like, oh, how do you know? I'm like, oh, we just been family friends, you know, for a long time and just got a last minute invite. We just thought we'd stop by and say hi. And yeah, so we were sitting there at the bar just drinking brews on their dime, like a, t- a ton of beers. I didn't know the bartender either because I worked there. I didn't know. I didn't recognize his bartender. I'm like, oh, perfect. <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm standing there like probably four or five deep, you know, me and him were just sitting there drinking. The lady comes over. She's like, you look really familiar. Were you working here today? I'm like oh shit so like like i'm like oh no that you must be thinking of someone else and then immediately after that i finished my drink set her down left i'm Got like yeah not not gonna get fired tomorrow so i left but it wasn't as good as yours yeah. but it was you still, get called into the office it's hey mostly, russ do you think from now on you could not go to the guests uh, wedding stuff <laughs> but it was it was literally like your standard average white wedding electric slide we're talking like yeah. You, know, you know the standards. Yep. It was those standards. I didn't go out and dance. I was just getting shit faced on their dime. And I there's actually a video. I'll, I'll post. Maybe I'll post it. Uh, there's a video I took of us out there on the dance floor. He's got. This was kind of like a. It was a mixed race wedding. So I think she might have been white, and he, the husband, was a uh, Hispanic. I think. And so they they did a couple of really cool traditional things that uh, Hispanic weddings have. It was fun, dude. It was amazing. Was but cool I had a sombrero on the next morning. Dang, man. Didn't know how that happened. Um, and uh, yeah, there's a video where we're eat? dancing. No, you didn't eat. Okay, we got there the right after, food. after yep. Oh, good, good choice. That's a good time. Yeah, we waited late enough to where it was just the dancing. That's kind of what it was for me too. It was like getting yeah. off my shifts. It was like six o'clock at night. You right. know, they've already eaten, did their vows. It was more just like the party going on. So yes, like, this is perfect timing. So yeah, I mean, we we had a great time. Uh, like I said, the 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 whole night was uh, pretty memorable. Like I said, there's a video that maybe I'll post. Uh, we're dancing to a Pitbull song, and I literally turn the camera to myself and say, we don't know anybody here. And then, uh, <laughs> like I said, the professional photos, we do have copies of those. Uh, Steven That's Vanessa. That's awesome. At least you have the, evidence of your yeah. shenanigans. It was cool. It, yeah, some, it sounds like some, a great night. Somewhere, there's a Steven Vanessa who got married uh, October 18th, 2011, or something like that, uh, that have... Uh, um, a, uh, a guest registry where we signed it and we want to know what like as messed up as it is what a great memory like who were these guys like yeah. you're just like doing research we did get you? called out at least once by somebody who was like you guys are wedding crashers aren't you and we were like unintentionally yes but yeah you're right we are <laughs> so Absolutely. they knew right away 100 okay. <laughs> percent. awesome yeah once we got in and on the dance floor somebody called us out pretty hard and, and they said we don't care they, they specifically called out they said we don't care because you guys are fun as fuck you guys are lighting so, it up, dude. Yes. Oh, cool. So we were that's awesome. We were in. Like, you know, you could you could definitely tell they knew. We yeah. we stuck out like sore thumbs, obviously. Me and my, you know, uh plaid shorts and a and a Wilson sweatband. Like we're obviously not supposed to be there. What a fun night though. But yeah. Again, check out the Dulceman Hotel. Um, yeah. Don't go there and crash weddings. If you do go there and either hook up or get hitched or whatever you want to do. Do both. Do both. Get hooked up and then hitch after that. You know what I mean? They can do some last minute weddings. I'm sure they can accommodate. Yeah. You know absolutely. what I mean? Just go on the website. Schedule as long as it's day. like a Thursday. Like, you yeah, you're probably good. Weekdays, it. you're probably all right. Yeah. All right. So now on to our Wisconsin music segment. And uh, boy, do we've got a, a kind of a cool one here. Yeah. Um, kind of. It's kind of special and sentimental. It is. Yeah. So uh, a very beloved uh, Milwaukee area musician for you know years, Keith Pulvermacher. Um, he, he actually received one of the highest honors at this year's uh, Whammy, which is Wisconsin Area Music Industry Awards, um, and, and he received it posthumously, which means, uh, unfortunately, you know, he lost uh, his, his battle and his fight with cancer uh, late last year and uh, at 49 years old, um, and, and the, the Whammy uh, Association decided to uh, award him a, a really high honor of being the uh, singer songwriter of the year at Turner Hall Ballroom in Milwaukee, and I'll be honest, uh, 
this this music, uh, like we kind of said at the top, it's is super polished, and very really polished, well done. yeah, super well uh, well recorded. Um, obviously, you know, before you get into the recording studio, you got to have all that stuff pretty much ironed out. But I love the quality. Uh, he's using a uh, a Paul Reed Smith uh, uh, Silver Sky guitar in the picture that I see here, and I, I as a musician who owns a, a Silver Sky, I love it. Uh, one of the best guitars ever made. Um, and and again, just great music. Yeah, no, it's really well done. I love I love that the album's called Midwestern because it's like kind of a Western country influence on the yeah. music. Uh, the song we chose today was The Fog. Yeah, which I think we've all had moments where we feel like we're in a bit of a fog. It's thick and, and it's kind of hard to uh, kind of hard to see your way out of it. And oh, yeah. <laughs> this song kind of embodies that uh, that whole kind of thing, you know. Yeah, and like the album is like the entire album, the 2018 album. This one's off 45 Story. Like the, we yeah. listened to quite a few tracks to like decide which one. And we decided on this one. I thought this one was really fitting and yeah. just a great song. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and jump right in. Again, Keith Pulvermacher. The song is The Fog.
All right. Once again, Keith Pulvermacher, The Fog, Russ. I mean, like like we had kind of already said, I mean, it's just really cool because it's just such a well-polished. Yeah, I mean. Really great, uh, um, you know, or, organ, how, how it's organized. You know, you definitely see that it's, you know, a passion of his to, to create music. And, and somebody really mastered that track. Like, yeah. he really mixed it very well. And you know what? It's sad that he's gone, but maybe someday, you know, when we go, we'll we'll play some guitar with him. Yeah, and, and I love I love the fact that you know he he left a lasting impression, and also left us with you know so many different gifts that we can continue to listen to. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, obviously we're we're grateful for his musicianship and uh, all of these uh, tasty tracks that he kind of left us with as well. Um, I like the, and, and I like the guitar hook too. Super deserving of that award as well. I agree. Yeah, I love yeah. the guitar hooks too. I was just gonna yeah. say like just like dun, 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 that little like just a Such little a like good like chimey. almost John Mayery kind of you know the those pinches you know mm-hmm. on that. It's great. It really is. It's 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 delicious. It's a it's an awesome awesome yeah. track. So beer review time though. Yeah. So actually, I got a chance to go to one of the another smaller brewery that I haven't been to yet. It was yes. Bill Boa Brewing in yeah. uh, Brookfield kind of a more ritzy area that I don't go to often because they don't want to see a dirty old farm boy down there in Brookfield. Hey. But hey, here I am. They, hey, the dirty old farm boy's got to get someplace sometimes you, too. You got to get some beer in your system too. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes you want a little ritzy uh, it's not just beverage. The, it's not just the swing. Sometimes you got to get the stank. And remember, beer wasn't uh, necessarily for the uh, for the ritzy and fancy and up class. I mean, it was... The place is really nice, though. It was definitely Brookfield-ish. Like, it was really nice. It was I haven't very, actually made my way there. I've definitely... Was, I've had I've had some of their brews, um, but mostly, you know, just, you know, a buddy of mine or whatever that, that lives over in that area will say, I picked up a growler or something, you know, cool. But, yeah, the one I decided on was a Belgian white, and uh, I love Belgian white beer. I don't know about you, Blue Moon. Like I was I, just going to say, Blue Moon is, is probably one of the most famous. It's one of those ones you sit out on a porch and just kind of watch the sunrise go down. You know, it's one of those kind of beers. Just the flavor and everything is just really good. Um, theirs is called the Bilboa Blanc, and I got a growler. Obviously, you can't get cans of this. I don't think you yeah. can. You can get some bottles out of there, but I think you just got the growler. They do have the, the they're called Crowlers, which is a can growler so and and those can be sealed at the location and what is that it's like a half a growler right because a, a growler 64 i think they're 32 ounce, they're like right? 32 ounce big big ass cans they, is what are. they are but they can seal them right on site uh another another brewery that i've been to that has that is um oh shit ringling um, oh, they have that too. Yeah. You can eat the crawlers. It's very. Oh, yeah, cool. I remember you actually had those, and you brought them to see. Mm-hmm. They're really awesome cans too. Yeah, they're they're, and it's a great, it's a great way of being able to to get somebody your beer without having them, you know, have to take like a fucking gallon of it. You I, know. Yeah, I mean, I'll drink a gallon of it, but I will. Not but everyone. Yeah, I, I also I if I'm it. like testing some stuff out for sure. Um, I don't. I don't always want to sit there and plow like you know and three I, or four beers to and try. And that's them the thing. Out. I didn't really have a chance to try like a flight, obviously, because right. I was going in and out kind of thing. So I didn't really have a chance. I just decided on this one. I love Blue Moon, and it's yes, it's literally follows in that standard styling. Um, you're getting kind of that lemon citrus nose, and you're getting that medium. It's kind of like the medium body, kind of the. Um, I always we always talked about this. The coriander. Yes. It kind of it reminds me of bologna a little bit, but yep. I actually kind of like it. It's very subtle. It's not overbearing. But if you have bologna and you drink one of these, like that coriander between I, the two, you really get that flavor. I remember the one episode that we had, the one that was very bologna Oh, yeah. It was it was totally Oscar Mayer. Yeah. I, and I forget what it was, episode it was, it was and insane what, what amounts even of coriander in that one. It was a little heavy on the coriander. Yeah. And you got to be very careful because it's a very, like, very overpowering. It's a spice. It's an overpowering spice. Yeah. By, <laughs> hands down there but, there's a few there's a handful of spices that are sometimes used in beers um that that give it a really nice subtle taste if it's done correctly and then others you know if they if they get a little heavy-handed or they they take one extra pinch and then all of a sudden it's it's kind of a, a one note then all you're getting is this 
you know, this one spice. And some of those Belgians, too, they use uh, beet sugar, so you get very high ABVs. So, like, no matter what you put in it, it's super alcoholic, and either way you look at it, yeah. we've made one of those, the actual beet sugars. I think it was, uh, we tried to copy, what was that beer, uh, Delirium Tremens. Yeah. We made a really close one with, like, I think I put it in my garage in, like, 80-degree heat because it needed really hot, high fermentation on yes. it. Yes. And it ended up, it was Because normally we would, we would age them in the, in the basement. In the basement for, like, a like cool-ish, like 60 degrees. Right. And if you want, like, a lager, obviously you have to go cold or nasty you need like a fridge or something to do exactly, it in. but yeah. this one definitely follows in the styling and definitely is the coriander that lemon flavor very similar in flavor i i would have to agree i mean i think they nailed the yeah. styling if they were to submit this to like one of those brewing home brewing contests it it matched the thing yeah, and it'd be way up there remember when we we submitted one to we did, northern yeah. uh it was, northern brewer yeah i did a few of them one was that one was a delirium tremens and i didn't win anything on that one one of no. the ipas i one of the single malt ipas i think i came in like fourth you got like a nod yeah, yeah i got like a nod it wasn't like a top dog or anything yeah. but it was still cool to have my beer featured there absolutely you know, like man homebrew but this one definitely follows it and obviously i recommend it and if i had more time i would have loved to sit down and try more of their beer because this was a new one for me and it was kind of an in and out situation we'll get there i mean uh from from my house, Brookfield's only uh, you know maybe like six miles. So yeah, and um, I we'll I love that they have the flights, so then we can try multiple too. It's yes. not just one because that's the thing. It's like flights you, the way to go. I mean, what do you, what do you choose? Like you never had their beer before, but I was like, uh, in this case, I'm just gonna grab this one because it kind of I I really have a taste for Blue Moon, so yeah. I'm like I'm snagging this bad boy. And here's the thing: even if I go to a, a brewery that I I know uh, a few of the things that they have on tap, I've tried them before. I almost always go flight first because uh, it, it gives me the opportunity uh, to, to introduce uh, myself to some new ones uh, and then even put some of your classics on there if you want. Obviously, with a flight, you can get, you know, it's usually like six to eight beers and uh, and there are some uh, flights with way more beers. You know, you can get uh, 10, 12, something like that. But um, at most places, six to eight beers and you can really start to introduce yourself to some of their new stuff. Uh, and, and it's the best way. Uh, and, and typically the, the price is, is discounted a little bit because you're not getting full beer pours. You're, you're getting, um, usually what are they like four or five ounce, uh, little glasses? Yeah. They're pretty so. small. Yeah. And this one's only four and a half ABV. So it's not very high in the uh, ABV scale. So you can drink a few of these bad boys and not get yeah. wrecked. You know, it's not a crotch kicker. No, definitely not. And I mean, I highly recommend it. And obviously like Sturge. We're, we're definitely like, and I want to state this just if anyone's listening, like a newer listener, we're not beer snobs. I drink the whole spectrum of beer from Colt 45 all the way up until like a really fancy. I was beer. just going to You know what I mean? Like we really are not. One of my favorites is uh, Mickey's. Oh, dude, I'll drink malt liquor all day. Yeah. If I'm out on a boat or something, Mickey's grenade in your hand. I love the Mickey's grenades, man. I, you know, if I drink driving, anything, really, I'm not picky. Like if somebody's like, oh, I only have cores. Okay. I'll drink it. I only yeah. have Bud Light. Not a huge fan of Bud Light, but I'll drink Bud. And yeah. it's not even, no, and I, I probably should specify I don't even give a shit about the whole Bud Light thing. Yeah, right, right. Like, I just, I'll drink it. It's not like I'm not going to pass it up. It's free beer. You can't really bitch about that. Well, right. Yeah. There, there's not one that I, that I hate. Yeah, really. If, if I had to choose one that's my least favorite is Coors Light. I, I just, I've never I been a, I've never I been a Bud guy. I don't like rice. Yeah. I don't like the rice flavor in the beer. Less I, hangover. Is really. I just yeah. don't like the rice flavor. I really don't. I never yeah. really got along with Bud. I never really drank Bud. I just can't do Coors Light because I, I, the flavor is nauseating to me. Really, it's crazy. I'll drink. I'm I'm really not picky. I'll yeah. drink. And like even with wine tasting, my taste buds are so shit that I couldn't tell you a two hundred dollar bottle from a five dollar no. winking owl. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Or a two dollar winking owl in that case. But I can't yeah. tell the difference. But with beer, I mean, like the flavors are so different that it's like easy for me to tell, you know. And right. I wouldn't consider me like a professional beer drinker by any means. I <laughs> like know just fancy. enough to be considered dangerous. Yeah, I mean, uh, we've made our own beer and stuff, so we know the flavors. Right. But like at the same time, I couldn't tell you why. I'm something... just the muscle a lot of times in the beer making oh, operation. Yeah. You do the gun like when we do the half barrel brew. You were just right. the guns lifting yeah. that big ass fucking thing up while we sifted all the exactly. <laughs> all the sugars. I'll up. go over and stir for a while, uh, you know. But then when it when it comes time to Getting the brew out of the bag and out of the pot. You need, you you need, some, have, you need some guns. Gotta have some stuff, guns, you know? man. It's, it's a heavy bastard, too. Yeah. And and so, you know, like I said, I, I know just enough to be dangerous. But at the same time, I've had some some just normal run-of-the-mill domestic beer and thought it was a such a quality good beer. And, and with the... And, and, 
And with the show, we just want to highlight a Wisconsin beer that you can go yeah. and snag right now. And like grab, here's a you cool, know? yeah, here's a cool one as a suggestion to maybe go rip. But you really, know? like even in our podcast, for the most part, we drink shit beer. Besides, like the ones that we drink for the reviews, like mostly it's like right. just cheap domestics that we bring over because you can get a whole case for like seven dollars. I was just gonna say, you know? if, like, if you can get a case of it for like twelve bucks, it's, it's it's likely the the beer that we're drinking. Exactly, and like I I really am not picky. I drink the whole rainbow. We went on a huge of, kick of Bush Lights for a long time. Yeah, we actually. I'd say did. for like a year. And it actually, like, it's not bad. I just really don't like the rice. It's but if great. somebody has it, I'm gonna drink it. And not gonna. No, like not Bud Light, Bush Light. Bush Light. Oh, Bush lattes. Yeah. I still love. When we, actually. when there was like a year where we were only really buying, you know, case bricks of uh, of Bush Light for the studio because it's such an easy sipper that too. it's like water it, it's like it doesn't water. even it doesn't even get you drunk no at all uh, it's and crazy like, and like after like a, like maybe six cans you maybe have like a slight but you feel like you're just loosey-goosey you're yeah. not like dr- trash like if you have a six ipas you're just oh yeah if you have three you're ipas of, you're, you're out like, of control you're feeling it you're next level yeah but no like definitely go and check great this beer. one out yeah, yeah. and obviously Bilboa. yeah i mean they make great beers and i uh, wish i could have tried more the this one was the bilboa uh blank yeah, and you gotta definitely check out the other ones and let us know what you think and uh, check out the place too. It was really nice. I wish I could have spent more time there. Awesome. Instead of in and out. So grab a seat, gather round, join us for a chat. How many locos you have? All right, folks. You know what that means? It's our infamous "How many locos you at?" And uh, we have an article pulled up. And what I find really funny about this article <laughs> right away is one of the ads that pop up is bedwetting underwear, which is probably pretty good if you can have a DUI to have on hand. Yeah, head. and this is considered the number one bedwetting underwear. Good nights. <laughs> Damn. I guess you're gonna, I have a, you're gonna have a terrible night if you piss your drawers. But thirty-five percent less leaks. They say. Great. Good. <laughs> I can suck some things back are great. And, yeah. and piss my drawers. Yeah. All good things, you know. Um, this uh, article is uh, headlined, Alma Man in Custody on Suspicion of 7th OWI Offense. Let's just go ahead and say... It's not a suspicion. This is like the yeah. real deal here. Yeah. I, I don't know this guy, but I know he's fucking drinking and driving. He looks like someone I know, though, which is like... I, I, I probably might actually know this, this dude. I've <laughs> like, seen this guy. For sure. I might know this guy. Um. I do want to just mention uh, it's a it's a good thing to note here. Uh, he does have a tattoo that appears to be chest tattoo, but it, it's going into his neck up by his Adam's apple. It's, All right, uh, you can keep a professional job though. It's yeah, not too bad. you can still professional at all. Not the most classy thing I've seen in the world. No, uh, it looks to be maybe flames. Are you getting some flame vibes here? I'm getting flames. Okay, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely tough flames. Definitely tough flames. Uh, you can definitely tell where this guy, he's probably, you know, um, he's just a really cool guy. Probably down to earth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seven, um, seven is pretty intense, though. It's yeah, pretty good. So, like, he's definitely experienced. We got that under the belt already. Yeah, so let's hear about let's it. Let's dive in here. Article reads, an Alma man is in custody on the suspicion of operating the motor vehicle while under the influence. Seventh offense. A criminal complaint shows 40-year-old man faces the charges of operating a motor vehicle while under the influence. Seventh, eighth, or ninth offense. So all of the seventh, eighth, and ninth offenses are kind of grouped into the same kind of world of punishment. Yeah, yep. Um, this one would uh, be his seventh uh, operator uh, and operator uh, operate motor vehicle while revoked due to OWI. So, oh, that sucks. He had a revoked one when he got this. Right. Damn. So whatever okay, he did. This is bad. This is bad. Whatever he did for his sixth Not offense, good. he never really fixed it and didn't get his license back. So uh, that's what's causing the additional charge there. Uh, according to the criminal complaint on Saturday, May 20th, 2023, around 1045 p.m., a patrol sergeant with the Buffalo County Sheriff's Office was on patrol when they saw a vehicle speeding. They followed the vehicle with their lights on. Damn, he went Vin Diesel, um, too. He's speeding. Oof. Yep. Yeah, went full fucking, uh, uh, what's that show called again? Fast and Furious? Yeah, he went full Fast F and, and Furious. <laughs> he went full F and F, man. Um, the criminal complaint says that the sergeant caught up to the vehicle as it turned left into a driveway. Okay. Um and uh, the, the vehicle found later to be driven by this uh, 40-year-old guy, uh, is uh, he accelerated up the driveway. So he's, he's, he's trying actively to get away. trying to get away. Yeah, for sure. As the sergeant got behind the vehicle, uh, the man exited the driver's seat, threw an open beer can on the ground, and ran toward the back of the home. He did an aluminum toss. Yeah, he did the old, fuck it, 
I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> um, he did comply with the sergeant's commands and was eventually handcuffed. Uh, according to the criminal complaint, the sergeant found another open beer can in the vehicle. Dang, not, but not good. Um, the sergeant did note uh, that there is a very strong odor of intoxicants coming from his breath. His eyes were bloodshot and watery, and his speech was slurred. Um, the guy gave a portable breath test reading that came back 0.17. So he's over. Double. Not, not by much, though, but he's over. He's double that's, that's, the legal he's, limit. That's, what, five or six beers deep, Yeah, rough, roughly? I'm assuming this guy is probably more than that. This is 1045 at night, too. But he also has restrictions, I'm guessing, too. Oh, 100%. He's, okay. he's, his legal limit for driving is a .02. Oh, really? okay, never mind. So he's he's the, way the, He's double the .08, but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. Like oh, you said, you yeah, the criminal point complaints as dispatch. Yeah, okay. uh, I was going to say, yeah, he had, he had five or six priors. Uh, Especially with the uh, uh, revoked license. Yeah. It's even yeah. lower. So. so he does, in fact, have the .02 restriction on his license. Damn. Um, he told the sergeant that he wasn't going to lie and that he had about four beers. Do you believe that? What kind of beers though? That's what we're talking. The, the, the IPA is possibly a 0.17. I've he, definitely done. I'll bet you any money. What he had was, you know, that helmet that you wear with the straws coming down your mouth from the beer can. That's probably what he had. So what's, what's funny is I did like, scientific testing with my breathalyzer to see like what beers can get you to the points. <laughs> like how you called it scientific. It was, I made a chart. But I, I, but I don't think scientifical is a word. I think it's just scientific testing. No, it's scientifical. Scientifical. Yeah, science centrifugal. And so what I did is I took <laughs> took <laughs> one one day I was getting drunk. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try blue moons. So a Belgian wheat, right? Yeah, five percent maybe. So it took it took quite a while. Like those took a while. The IPAs after two or three, like the curve goes way past the other ones at like two or three compared to the other <laughs> ones. Like it, they actually like it. Uh, it's significant, noticeable. It's very like and yeah. then a shot of Jack. Like it's whoop, like yeah. way up there after one. Like yes. it immediately absorbs. It's and insane. that's the thing is that you know that's why we that's why we always caution people. IPAs are can be dangerous. They, oh, very. I'll watch yourself. Um, Two of those will put you over the limit. Slow down. roll yourself on the IPAs if you can. And I mean, then, you're talking like six bush lattes to two IPAs roughly. Oh, yeah. I think if the ratio is what I came up with roughly. Which hey, if if your if your focus is to drink less but get more fucked up, look do up. It. Look out for my paper coming out soon. I'm getting drunk. Yeah, this, it's a scientifical paper. <laughs> scientifical also. paper published by the UW University. But yeah, it's published by the University. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. University this, of See, Rass- folks, this is what happens when you have a few beers and then yeah. you record a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you end up doing scientifical stuff. And, Scientifically. Uh, we're uh, egg, egg, egg-neering things and it's <laughs> great. Yeah, we're engine-zings. <laughs> Uh, but online records uh, show that a $2,500 cash bond is set for this Not bad. Man. That's a like pretty cheap cash bond for uh, this, yeah. this many with a revoked license. So. The thing Not is, bad. is if, if he had, you know, I guess if he hadn't, like, tried to flee and stuff, yeah. there's a chance that it wouldn't be a cash bond. There's a chance that it would have been just a signature bond. The state of Wisconsin is pretty relaxed with a lot I mean, of its policies when it goes to 2500 for a seventh uh owi is pretty pretty and remember $2,500 cash bond he he'll actually get out on what 10 percent of that yeah it's not bad yeah. I, you know what's crazy though is like this is this is like prison time we're talking like with the oh, seven this is like definitely it's gonna be some prison time yeah yeah and it all depends on uh when he got his fourth fifth sixth uh in the state of wisconsin as of like what like 10 years ago or something they made the big switch that uh fourth is now a felony um he might have had his before then and it wouldn't have been any uh, uh prison time but now that he's on his seventh and it's now 2023 he's absolutely going to go to prison um there is no there there isn't any uh way around it i mean um, I mean, we pretty much have everything we need here. This one's probably the most informative one we've had. Yeah, we have Point. an aluminum toss, forty-year-old man. We have the we actually Speeding have and fleeing. Yeah, f- uh, fast and furious aluminum dash. He's actually drinking and driving too. It's not. Oh just, yeah, yeah, for sure. He's not just operating while he is intoxicated. He's getting intoxicated. And he while did. He's driving. He did a backseat yeet with like another can. Backseat yeet. <laughs> yeet. <laughs> Fuck it. Tosser. Yeah, he fucking sent one flying in the air. He cannonballed the comet. 
He did it, and in, uh, 0.17 is the official number from the breath. When, when you pull up to the aluminum recycling, you just open your door and be like, weigh these bitches. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like the it's like the appropriately placed uh, garbage can at the end of the drive through line. That's perfect. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because you know you got some other shit in there, but if there you, isn't you one, failed to throw away. If it wasn't one, just use your back seat. Just yeet. Yep. Back seat yeet. I like that. Yeah, me too. So, number-wise, yeah. do you feel like you got something? I think I do. I really do. What do you I'm, got? Uh, so as much as this one seems like it's going to be easy, I'm also like... But he's also like... The thing that's really throwing me here is the time. It's 10.45 p.m. Yeah. I mean, this this might have been a, a fish day with the boys or something, and like heading home at the dusk, you know? Yeah. I'm and, assuming and it is summertime. So maybe it, he it, like passed out for a little bit in the afternoon. Possibly. And then he decided... I better get up and get out of here. And but it had a few road sodas. Yeah, to keep the keep it going, so he could at least get home and keep his blood sugars right. high enough. Yeah, I so, mean, I, I got a number where he's at with the point one seven though. Just give me yours. Sixteen. Okay. I mean, I was now thinking, let me try to rationalize sure. that. Yeah. So sixteen. He's had four cans. Four cans, but the we're, t- we're like the, he said he had four beers, but we're talking four cans local, so we're talking like eight beers, maybe more, yeah. maybe more. Maybe more. Yeah. Actually, significantly more. You think so? I mean, cans of four local but are he's, disastrous. He's, I mean, the the fact that he's making like pretty bad decisions when he's already not doing so hot. And he was speeding. Yeah. He did get an accident. That's what I'm saying. Like he I made think her four home. might be high. I'm I'm leaning you, you, more towards twelve. Three cans, so twelve. Want to be in the middle, fourteen local? Yeah. Let's hit, let's hit the gavel on fourteen local, Eric. Yeah. I Do can you, I can substantiate that. I can I can reason with that. Let's hit fourteen local. Law and order. Yeah. This map. Nice. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.